Hello, Chiratna, around the world. This is Sangadara, and I'm sitting in the field of our land, the Triratna land in Bodhgaya. It's the last day of the order retreat happening in the background. And I'm sitting with four pilgrims from Sheffield. Their names are... Mokshatara. Isabel. Martin. Ariadasa. But I haven't been on pilgrimage, so I'm just going to ask these guys to t- tell me and the whole world about your experience. Say, you, Martin, tell me, how long you've been traveling and where have you been? Uh, we've been traveling for three weeks. We flew into Mumbai. Um, from Mumbai, we made a stop to see the wonderful detail at the Ajanta Caves. And then we went to Nagpur, where we saw all of what Chiratna is doing in India at the moment. So we got to see the Nagaloka Institute, the hostels that are being set up. And it's really fantastic to see what the Indian side of the movement is bringing into being. Um, and from there, we started to journey into historical uh, world of the Buddha. First, we had a retreat at Bordaran to get our minds into the right place. And then we travelled to Shravasti, where the Buddha spent a number of his rainy seasons. We went to Kushnagar, which was the site of his Parinirvana. From there on to Sarnath, where they first taught the Dharma and set the wheel of the Dharma in motion, finishing at the seat of enlightenment, Bodhgaya, where we are now. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And how many of you been traveling together there's been 20 of us from sheffield um that's including mike Tadasa, who's been um one of the main organizers of the trip along with manadama and uh his colleague anapam and are you all from sheffield we're all from sheffield yeah um and we're all mitras in the sheffield sangha and we've done a lot of devotional practices we've gone around the site so it's been a real spiritual journey this this been the first time in India for any of you? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, first time in India. What, what, how has it been like? What, uh, what are your impressions? Um, well, it's a big question. <laughs> yeah, the first uh, ones. My first impressions is that it's. I suppose it's all. It's it's chaos. <laughs> <laughs> India is extremely chaotic. Um, but the, but the the more I'm here, I do see some patterns and uh, and rhythms. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, difficult to get used to to start with. Mm. And on pil- from the pilgrimage, do you have any particular highlights? Um, I think the highlights for me have been visiting um, historical places for, from Tri Ratna. So we visited um, the park in Nagpur where Bante gave um, gave a talk. Um, on the eve of, of Van Becker's death to the ex-untouchables to rise them up and remind them about uh, Dr. Van Becker's vision and say that it's still alive in them. Um, and we had a re- reading from, um, from Jai Gupta who was with us on pilgrimage um, from his memoirs about what that was like. He was standing on top of a rickshaw with, uh, um, and it was the same sort of day. So I really got a sense actually of um, the, uh, the history of Sangharachita. And we also visited um, both sites where he received his lower and then higher ordination. Nihalas, from you, what has surprised you or what have you learned from the pilgrimage? I think being a relatively new Mitra um, and coming here, especially visiting uh, Nagpur and Nagaloka, I think it's been so nice to connect with fellow Mitras um, and other order members um, 
in in India and like it's very inspiring like seeing people being trained up in um, Nagaloka and they've got so much energy and like actually hearing that it's actually quite difficult for them to practice um, Buddhism in uh, where they're from um, and uh, all the other kind of difficulties they face and I think that's made me really uh, appreciative of how it is in England and um, but also just having that tie with people and and being able to uh, I guess you have the, the same kind of aspirations and, and values um, but just in a diff- you have a different context to practice in um, so that's been really good and just yeah I guess um, what Aridasa was saying about uh, connecting a bit more with um, with places with uh, Sangharachita but also um, where the Buddha walked and just having that experience um, visiting you know um, uh, Mahabodhi temple and um, Bodhi tree and, and all of these things that really have yeah I think I feel quite inspired by everything and and how much um, it's interrelated with activism in India and uh, and how they um, how people from Triatna engage with, with people here that's been I think something really special that I'll take away so well, as we're kind of exploring pilgrimage if someone would be thinking about maybe doing a pilgrimage what would you tell them uh, should they do it and why based on your very fresh experience of it being at the end of it I definitely recommend doing a pilgrimage this was the second time I've been around the pilgrimage sites and the first time I felt much closer to the Buddha and his teachings hearing the Pali canon read out in the places where those stories are based was really powerful um so yeah kind of ongoing closer relationship to the buddha by coming on pilgrimage i think i'd really recommend coming with people you know if you can so getting a bunch of you together because it's also very strong experience to do as sangha so you you get a lot closer to each other through having the pilgrimage experience together so if you do have anybody that you know who's keen to do it with you then i'd say try and do it in a in a little group of people that you know maybe and i can't imagine doing it without a guide so manadam has been amazing he's so knowledgeable and very modest but very uh able to organize things for you within a system that Aridasa has said seems quite chaotic so mm-hmm. to have an Indian order member with you and Anapam who's uh, Mitra training for ordination it's again it's an experience of Sangha with the Indian Sangha and um, I'd really recommend seeing if there's like maybe Manadama or I think there are other Indian order members or people within Tri Ratna who can guide you through the, the tour um, mm-hmm. yeah I think also um, you might need to bring with you a bit of patience <laughs> and uh, a sense of humour because um, it's really, as Erida was saying, it's quite chaotic but also really magical and like um, I think um, just embracing that a little bit and the noise and everything and we had a really great um, puja this morning and it was just about accepting everything that was around around me and just uh, letting everything sink in it's it's probably the loudest meditation and loudest pujas I've ever done in, on India but 
I think there's something really lovely about that as well. So yeah, a bit of sense of humour and <laughs> um, yeah, take, yeah, taking it lightly. Yeah, going with the flow. Yeah, and there is a flow. It's just not so obvious where it's going. <laughs> it, it, it definitely recommend going because it's just a completely unexpected experience. And um, uh, it, when you hear the stories and it says, "Oh, does have I heard the Buddhas at Shravasti?" To actually get there and have an idea of what trees you may have been looking at, what the grass and the light was like. There's a certain um, golden quality to Indian light, which just really transforms everything for me. Uh, but I think an important thing is to not have um, uh, expectations. Um, so um, you might think, oh, when I get to this site, I'm going to be magically transformed because the Buddha did this here. Um, something I've noticed is that um, uh, every one of us has responded to something very different. So um, uh, our friend Sarah, when she got to Sarnath, uh, she, uh, there were points when she was quite visibly trembling and sort of like there was tears and joy at just being there. There was something about that site which moved her incredibly deeply, whereas personally, I didn't feel that much connection to the site. For me, it was more um, the seat of enlightenment, the Mahabodhi temple that really uh, lifted me up. Um, so yeah, try not to hold on to anything, just be receptive to what comes out for you. Talking about images, does any of you have got an image that for you or you'll take with you, like a scene or, or a place? For me, what just popped into my mind was the stupa. So we've seen a lot of stupas. Um, and ju- uh, just something so simple as the, the Buddha being asked how he wants to be remembered after he's died and turning his begging bowl upside down. Um, but it, it connects me with the fact that the Buddha walked the earth. You know, that the, um, uh, an historical um, figure in, in sort of time and space as well as outside of time and space. And um, there's so many stupas that we've that we visited. So many stupas in in India, but just from uh, from that simple act, and also brings to mind renunciation as well of. Um, freely moving from uh, uh, from place to place and his, his only possessions and um, so yeah stupas of um, so I knew all about you know the different the different levels of refinement and you know I did all my Mitchell study homework but um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah it's something just to um, yeah, see so many and so, and so big so impressive so old yeah so stupa stupa for me like I think um, Martin said we've been to the Ajanta Caves this time which I hadn't been to before and we went to Sanchi which is another ancient site that I'd not been to before and the artwork and the, yeah, there is a lot of stupas at Sanchi and the Ajanta Caves are very a very big complex of many caves that people have chipped into the rock to form mm. so they're not natural caves they're man-made and there's incredible artwork inside painting and also carvings and one really large stupa um, and just to think of the work and the devotion that went into making those um, in ancient times it's just mind-blowing really so uh, to have gone to those places where I'd not been before and to really um, not know very much about those places until I went and then to come away thinking wow there's just so much devotion that people living through the ages have put um, towards their Buddhist path like yeah, that was 
very impressive and unexpected for me. Um, one, I guess uh, it's not necessarily a bit of image, but it's just um, when uh, visiting places like uh, a girls' hostel in Nagpur and the Buddhist centre there, just the faces of people like being so happy and so welcoming to us. We felt like we didn't do anything, but just mm. being there and like uh, the fact that there is a presence of Buddhism um, in the so-called West, like it just, I think for them was so important and I didn't realise how important it was until we met them and they, yeah, I think I was a bit overwhelmed by that and just how happy they were so that the faces of, of yeah, fellow Buddhists. We really went lovely. to a Buddhist centre as well, didn't we? we did. In Nagpur, Mahendra Nagar, where Tej Dhamma mm. works and is based and we got a really big welcome there, didn't we? It was really touching. Yeah, yeah it was amazing, mm. yeah. Oh, well, thank you guys for sharing some of your experience. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. Yeah. Sadhu. Thanks, and, uh, Enjoy your journey back home. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Bye, world. <laughs> Hi there, this is Chandra Dasa from the Buddhist Centre online team. We really love bringing you these Dharma stories from around the world. So if you enjoyed this episode, please help us by taking a moment to rate the podcast in iTunes or in your favourite podcast app. There are so many podcasts out there these days, it really does help people find us. Thanks very much.